What's happening team? Welcome to the Type 1 Movement Podcast where I'm going to be sharing with you my tips, tricks and stories to help you lead the healthiest life possible as a Type 1 diabetic. I'm your host, Type 1 Tom. Just a quick disclaimer, any advice that I give will not overpower your medical professional, so please consult with them first if you're thinking of making any changes. Welcome to another episode of the Type 1 Movement Podcast. Now, I am fucking with Flora already. I am buzzing <laughs> for this episode. As you later chuckling then, I've got one of my ex clients and very good mate, um, Jen, on. But before we get into this, please leave me a rating and a review on the podcast app, as it really does help me reach more Type 1 diabetics and positively impact our community. And also, screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories, whatever device or platform you're listening to it on. And tag me at type one underscore top. Now, I love it when I get um, clients on here and chatting to them about where they, you know, they started from and how far they've come. But this is like a woman that I've wanted to get on for a while because she's just been the pinnacle of what, when I created my program, what I wanted it to do. And yeah, I just feel super grateful that she's agreed to jump on the show with me. So Jen, how are you? Thank you for coming on. Hi. Um you're very welcome. Um, I'm a little bit nervous and uh, not quite sure how to start, but yeah. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name's Jen. I'm type 1 diabetic, um, diagnosed age 6. So had it now 36 years this November. Um, mm. So yeah, a long while. Um, now have a pump, take fiaspin chilling. Um, I've been on the pump about 12 years. Um, before that was on Two, two uh, injections a day, then I went to four injections a day, then five injections a day, and then it was like, shit, this ain't working no more. And I got a pump, and um, it just made things a whole lot easier um, for me. So, yeah, that's just Love who that. I am. Love that. So, um, I know before we started, obviously, like you said, then you're a little bit nervous, but we were having a good chat before we started, and what I like to get across from these is, like, it being relatable, um as well so like obviously if there's another type one listening to it that when we go into it was in the position that you're in and where you've come from that's what i want to get across from these i don't just want like me chatting to you and other clients singing the praise about the program it's more like hey someone listening hey i can relate to that do you know what i mean and just kind of get some inspiration and motivation from it as well i think yeah so before uh the program um i like i say i've had it 36 years and i'd probably say for Easily 30 of those years, it has been a daily battle. And I genuinely, genuinely mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, a battle of, are you going to wake up in range? Not even actually caring whether I was in range. Um, you know, not having a clue. Because back in 1985, when I was diagnosed, um, we didn't have any of the knowledge that we have now. So I suppose my reason for doing this podcast today um, which is very, very personal to me, is I've always, always been ashamed of being diabetic. I've always been embarrassed. I wouldn't tell people I was diabetic. I wouldn't want to talk about it. I wouldn't engage with the illness. Um, right from being, and I suppose really this goes back to me being probably around seven or eight years of age. And my this is what did it for me. I went to a friend's birthday party. Obviously, seven, eight-year-olds were all eating pizza, birthday cake, all the shit that you get at birthday parties that everybody loves, full of e-numbers, and everyone's bouncing around like Ribena berries. And 
the um, parent of the child whose birthday it was in front of everybody else in that room said, remember, Jenny, you can't have the birthday cake because you're diabetic. And I just went in this shell um, of, I suppose I cocooned myself away. I was embarrassed. Everybody was staring at me. You know, it was hard enough being very young. Uh, I don't think it's easy any age to be diagnosed and need to get that across. I think it's like a bombshell to your life. But, you know, back then I didn't I didn't understand it. I was young. Um, you know, so to be told in front of a room full, there was probably 30 people in the room, parents and children, you know, you can't eat that birthday cake. It sort of stuck with me for life, really, that, you know, I'm diabetic and I can't do this. I'm diabetic and um, I shouldn't. And I'll tell you another story as well, which is, you know, you know, hopefully somebody out there will relate to this. I remember um, having a boyfriend at school and, um, you know, like you do, you chat with your mates and you arrange your first kiss and all this stuff. And hopefully other people out there have, uh, you know, done this as well, not just me. <laughs> and, um, sure they have. Yeah. And um, I remember him saying to one of my friends, he was scared to kiss me in case he caught my diabetes. And those two, those two moments as a young diabetic just made, I suppose, the embarrassment, the um, I was ashamed of it. Um, I suppose I then turned to sort of comfort eating. It was food that I found my comfort in because, I, you know, I just didn't talk about it to anybody. And then sort of get to the teenage years. And um, I had a brilliant diabetic team back in those days. And I was under uh, the Duchess of York Children's Hospital, which wasn't my local hospital, but it was where I was diagnosed and I stayed with them. And, um, you know, I remember going in and I used to not take my injections because I wanted to try and lose weight. You know, that, that, whole, that whole experience that every teenager goes through, girls and boys, you know, wanting to be accepted, wanting to be thinner, prettier, not have to give injections, you know, that whole stereotypical world that we live in. And so I stopped giving me injections. And to cut a really long story short, everybody who's listening to this, it was the worst thing I could have ever done. So it created lots of ketones, lots and lots of hospital admissions. Um, I was referred to a psychologist, which I am absolutely not ashamed to say, um, at 14, 15 years old, I was rebelling against this disease on every single level. Anything my mum and dad ever said to me, it, I just turned it into hate. Um, it was lecturing and nagging, you know, um, now looking back, obviously, they were doing everything they possibly could to keep me as healthy as they could. But at the time, you know, you don't listen, do you? We don't listen to parents when we're teenagers at the best of times, but having this condition... Um, just sort of gave me an upper edge on everything as well so found it very difficult had lots and lots of hospital admissions all through my teenage years was uh, actually out of school in high school more than I was in school which then led to uh, lots of um, friendship breakdowns um, you know I was I wasn't there really right basically to keep up with my peers so friendship groups moved on and um, I then found it very difficult that that was another rejection um, you know that people weren't around um, and then that's really sort of how it stayed 
met my husband at 16, who is the absolute best <laughs> thing that has ever happened to me in my life. He is my world. And sort of really, I suppose, saved me in a way from um, hating life. And that's probably what it came down to. I really did hate life. Um, and at points, actually didn't really want to be here. Mm. Um, never did anything. I never tried to sort of do anything about it, but had those thoughts. Uh, you know, I'm sure lots of people do. It's it's a tough condition to, to live with. Um, and then, you know, sort of got married, gained a load of weight because I was comfortable. So I was even bigger than I was when I started. So then the weight battle goes again. And again, I was always told which we know now is completely, you know, not true, that insulin makes you fat. Insulin makes you hungry. Insulin makes you eat. Insulin does this. So I used to say, oh, you know, I'm so hungry. It must be the insulin. And then Mm. another Chinese takeaway would go in or another Indian curry or six bars of chocolate. Uh, You know, and I know lots of other people can relate to this as well with uh, having, you know, sort of binges um, with eating. You know, it's comfort eating, isn't it? So then got married, um, you know, and just was enjoying life at the time. Then got pregnant um, with my daughter. And again, another moment in my life, 12 weeks pregnant, in hospital with a water infection. And obviously being diabetic with pregnancy, it's extremely important. Your control is managed. And I remember the diabetic consultant at the time saying to me, Jenny, prepare yourself. You're not going to carry this baby at 12 weeks pregnant. Well, she's here at nearly 17 years old, let me tell you. And I went on then to have a further child um, who is 13. Um, Both very, very tough pregnancies, in and out of hospital, you know, all diabetes-related my son was born with a, a very, very slight, I, suppose, I don't think you'd class it as a deformity, but just in his um, toes, he's got like webbed feet, which is obviously um, part of the diabetes. And mm. it doesn't affect him. He, he hasn't had to have surgery or anything, but, you know, it is part of me being diabetic. Mm. Um, and my daughter, I uh, hope she doesn't mind saying to anybody, has epilepsy um, mm. and celiac disease, which, again, I just thought was me being diabetic you know um I've done something wrong I was a bad diabetic I couldn't control my sugars you know I tried everything I knew and it still didn't work and I basically just was ready for giving up I just Mm. you know if it wasn't for my kids and my husband I just would have given up I really would Mm. have done until maybe five years ago, um, a good friend of mine um, told me that she was becoming a personal trainer. And I was probably about a size 18 to 20 at the time. So big girl, but very, very unfit with it. Extremely unfit. Um, and I remember saying to her, oh, you know, when you qualify, you know, I'd maybe love to just um, come and maybe have a session. And up to that point, I'd never sort of exercised or you know, had any confidence to join a gym, let alone walk out the house in a pair of leggings or, you know, I just never, never did anything like that. I was too ashamed and embarrassed by everything. Um, And then I started having some personal training sessions. I was in a really, really, really bad place. And I'm sure when she listens to this, she will completely and utterly agree. I nearly had a cardiac arrest on the first 
first training session. I don't <laughs> think I could have been any more unfitter. Um, had some training for a few years, you know, lost a bit of weight. Uh, did gain some confidence, but my diabetes still, um, you know, around exercise, hypos, hypers, spiking after exercise. I just didn't understand any of it at all. I, I just didn't. But like I say, my whole life, I've just fought against it. So just assumed that is just how it is to have this condition mm. until I... So you advertising. <laughs> um, I'm going to get on to that in a second. Because I um, think what you've said there is going to be super relatable to a lot of people. And it's been like a lot of push-pull and a lot of it down to, to being a diabetic, isn't it? As much as yeah. you've tried to push through it. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned with like what went on as a kid. And I think it's heavily ingrained. I wasn't a kid when I was diagnosed, but obviously I know like yourself and a few others. Hearing things like that as a kid, you probably don't think of it a few years later, but it fucking ingrains in your mind, doesn't it? Like you say, yeah, and it gives you that certain mental outlook on your diabetes and like you want to rebel and push back and you don't want to take yeah. charge of it and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's super powerful what you've said, Jen. And obviously I know most of this already, yeah. but I think it's going to be super, super relatable to people to from where you was to kind of where you've come from now because obviously we've covered like your mentality towards your diabetes how your health was like let's get into what your blood glucose control was like around that time before you started the program with me oh good grief do we right do we go there okay <laughs> so um i'll i think my highest hba1c that i ever had back was 13.7 um, off the scale, not not proud of it at all, um, you know. But I also acknowledge that that thirteen point seven was from a place where I didn't understand it. Mm. The medical teams didn't understand it like we understand it now. The yeah. technology was, you know, what we used to use to do um, fingerprint testing. You know, I, I remember when I was diagnosed, Tom, I had to use a lancet and physically pierce it into my finger. Mm. We didn't even have pens to, you know, lancet um, inserters. We, we had to just grit our teeth and shove this lancet in our finger. Oh, my God, I'll never forget that pain. It, it, you know, it was horrible. And having, like, um, I, I have another memory as well of, like, this this card. Sorry to backtrack a bit. This oh, card right. of um, it had every day of the week on it, and then it had left and right, so you turned it over each side, and it is a little card with circles cut out, and that was where you were to inject your injection. So each mm. day you'd put the card on your thigh or on your arm, and then you'd do Mondays in Mondays hole, Tuesdays in Tuesdays. Da, 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 da. I just think to myself, oh my god. I remember uh, learning to do injections on an orange. That was how I had to practice mm. doing my injections um, when I was diagnosed. And just going back as well briefly to being a teenager, um, you know, the, the whole diabetic team, who, like I say at the time, were, were brilliant with the knowledge that they had then. Um, and I'll never forget this either. Now, if from doing your programme, I was told as a teenager, if you're going to go out drinking alcohol, make sure that you always pick up either a fish and chips supper or a kebab on your <laughs> way home. Otherwise, you will go hypo in the night. And I can see you laughing at this now. I just think, you know, and 
But that's what I, so that's what I used to do. I've mm. got to eat fish and chips after I've been out drinking. You know, so was there any wonder I was getting bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger? Um, so, yeah, so 13.7, I think, was my highest ever um, HbA1c. That obviously is just off the scale. Absolutely ridiculous. So, but before I started the program, um, I remember on my Libra, I was around 47 to 50% time in target. Mm. And that was with the diabetic team involved, you know, lots and lots of support. Um, and I'd, that was the best I could get it. It was just 47 to 50%. And I've my, actually, yeah. Jen, sorry to interrupt you, but I've got your old profile here on the app that we use for the check-ins uh, and stuff. And your very first... <laughs> Average glucose checking was 9.6. Yeah. Like, 9. That was 6. your seven day average. Your timing target yeah. was 50%. Woohoo! Yeah. That was, they was your first check ins from there. Oh, so, um, like, your, what was your estimated, what did you say your estimated A1C before you started the program? Do you remember what that was? I think it was um, about eight. Mm. It was, it, it was, and that was with, like I say, the diabetic teams involved. I used to go in to see the nurses weekly. You know, that was with so much involvement. That was with mm. a Libra. That was with being on an insulin pump. You know, that was that was like the the best I could get. It, it was yeah. forty seven to fifty percent with a blood glucose average of nine point six. Oh my god! Mm. Now I'm sat here like my stomach's turning actually at the thought of that. <laughs> Well, I mean, at, at the time, like you didn't really, because I remember some conversations, I hope you don't mind me saying this, I know no. at the time, like a lot of type ones, you was worried about making some adjustments by yourself to stuff, wasn't you? Scared, very, very scared, yeah, yeah. didn't have any confidence, didn't, I know I keep on saying it, didn't really understand the condition, I've, mm. I've got to be honest, and sort of have just gone through my life thinking, that's it. That's me, Jenny, type 1 diabetic. This is as good as it's going to get. But hell no. Oh, my God, hell no. No chance. No, absolutely no chance is that how my life is at all. <laughs> so we know, like, obviously it was quite tough. There's a lot of pushing point in terms of the condition. We know, like, yeah. where your A1C was, your timing target, your average before starting the programme, and like you said, you didn't really understand it let's we'll go straight into it let's flip things around now like how is your let's start with blood glucose that's not we always say that's not the biggest indication of progress because what i want to talk about soon is how much you fucking progress mentally and how much of a change i've seen you a completely different woman and like even your family and stuff like that say which is yeah. mega to hear i love that yeah. but let's go off to like what's your most recent hba1c now <laughs> Because I know you're going to love shouting about this. Well, are you ready? I can't even speak because I've got such a big smile on the face. <laughs> I wish you could see you. Oh, um, so uh, my latest one, uh, which was done about, I think, three weeks ago, is 41. Mega. Absolutely 41. love that. Absolutely 41. love that. Which never, ever, ever... I remember my diabetic consultant at one of my appointments, maybe two years ago, saying to me, Jen, we really need to try and get this um, HbA1c sort of down to, you know, 60. And I was mm. like, at the time, what? How on? How, how am I going to do that? 60? 
And I'm like, no, I rang him when I got my, my first result, um, you know, and 41. I mean, God, I could just sit here saying it all day. You know, I absolutely love that. So, I mean, 41 for anyone, there's obviously percentage in these. That's so 41 for anyone that's wondering is actually 5.9%. Like, it's absolutely incredible. And where was you before you started? Where have you come from with that? Remember I think what it I was? was before, I think I was 68 when I, before yeah, I yeah. started. So, was it 68? So, we was around like 8.4, wasn't you? So yeah. like eight point four percent down to five point nine is a huge achievement, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the sure. drop. Yeah, I dropped down on the program. I dropped down to fifty four, mm. and then um, then I dropped it again on the program to forty three. And I'll never forget, honestly, Tom. I'll have to share this. Um, I remember having a conversation with my husband when I got that result of forty three. You know, me and Andy have been together you know, 25 years and he knows me as well as I know myself. And I, he knows that I put the pressure on and he knows, even though I've changed so beyond belief as a person, you know, we all want, now I'm achieving these good numbers. I think the scary part of that was, could I maintain that? Mm. That was the, yeah. that was the self-belief that I had to have in me that mm. nobody, nobody else could give me that had to come from me believing in me. And so when, when I got that 43, you know, I was absolutely over the moon. I wanted to throw a party. And <laughs> I remember Andy saying that, you know, absolutely unbelievable, you know, that it's just so amazing. But if you don't get 43 on your next one and it's 44, 45. So we had a really good, very honest conversation mm. about if it was anything 50 or under, so that's where I'd go, you know, say, say you had a bad illness or, you know, your, your diabetes control went a bit off track, which we always have to acknowledge, don't we? Could yeah. happen because we aren't perfect. There's no perfection. We're living life. So, you know, sometimes these curveballs come and what I didn't want to do is put the pressure on myself of, right, I've got 43. Oh no, my next one might be 47 and having how that would make me feel. So when this 41 came in, I was just like, oh, my God. You know, I am actually now, I'm maintaining this whilst living, like, the most amazing life. That was the key thing, wasn't it? Like you say, keeping it consistent. And I love what you've put there, because I think us as type ones can be so heavy on ourselves at times. Like, right, I've got this number. If I don't get it the same again next time, I'm fucking failing. Whereas you yes. set yourself a range. And that's what we, I think we need to do. We need, we need to be willing to accept the ups and downs and set ourselves a range. So we know that, like, that HV1C is like, I remember just the voice notes that you sent me, you're like, Tom, fucking hell, like, check this out. I'm like, yes. So absolutely mega. But, like, we always got about, I know you agree with this, A1C is great, but it's such an average. And it's more so that I want to get in on now, like, your average glucose and your timing target range. What are those like now? Oh, let's have a look on the Libra today. See where we're at. <laughs> Let's have a quick look. Because if you remember, we started in a seven-day average like nine or ten moles, and your timing target was 50%. Okay, so this week, this week, my average blood glucose is 6.3. <laughs> Woo! And my timing target is 95%. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. So we know for sure that... Your numbers have improved, your A1C has improved, your average, your timing target. But what I want to get into now is how 
like your physical health and mental health has changed because like I said at the start, you're just a pinnacle of exactly what I wanted from the program. And for me to like just be a witness to your change and stuff like that. Even I sit here at times and I know like when you sent me voice not saying Tom, you've literally fucking changed my life. Thank you. And it is it's a bit overwhelming for me at times. You know what I mean? I know that you know that probably being like so humble and stuff, but like what you've achieved and how you've changed is just amazing. So talk us through that, like your mental outlook on your diabetes and towards life now. So um, I took a bit stuck now where to start. <laughs> um, I, y- your program has literally i i cannot put it in any other words it has completely and utterly changed my life um i'm desperately trying now not to get upset because i feel that emotional about it you have changed you've given me the tools the knowledge the information to change not only my diabetic control but how I feel about life, how I feel about myself. Um, you know, in every single aspect, my life is, is, is different, um, except the people who are still around me. And my motto is always, always, I put it a lot on my Instagram, you are only as good as the people around you. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so very, very lucky that I have got the absolute best in uh, you know, you, my husband, my children, my family, my friends, the community of type one people I am now a part of um, is absolutely phenomenal of we are all, you know, fighting the fight every single day of our lives from the minute we wake up. I can't even say till the minute we go to bed because we'll probably mm. wake up and have a hypo or, you know, get a, <laughs> get a Libra beeping alarm because your blood glucose is low <laughs> or high. So just every single day. Um, when I started the programme, I didn't really have any expectations. I've, I'm not really the type of person to have a life plan or, you know, mm. I just sort of roll with things. Um, but I didn't have any expectations from it. I just thought, let's give this a go. And I had faith in you. And I've, I know I've known you a few years, um, you know, but I had faith in the, the person you are and that's what I was, I suppose I was buying into at the time, yeah. really, because I didn't know the programme. So I was buying into you as a person, uh, what you're about. Um, and that's what I suppose I was buying into originally, um, mm. which, and I can honestly say, you know, you've, you've been the most amazing coach ever. Um, you are the most real, down to earth, humble man um, that I could ever have the pleasure, pleasure of knowing. And if, anybody out there gives a fuck about your fucking fucks right (laughs) then they don't know you as a person because yes you do swear a lot and you love chucking (laughs) that f-bomb in there we know that um but it's just who you are you you couldn't get a more kind caring um loving guy than you and I know you're finding this hard for me to say and I can see it in your face <laughs> no thank you, you I appreciate, you know what I'm like when I say compliments I've always been the same but no I appreciate it thank you you, tr- you truly truly are and I think that as a coach um before we go on to what, what I've achieved is is what I was buying into mm. um and now I truly truly class you as an absolute dear friend um and you know, I know you think the same and, and that's just amazing. It's just yeah. amazing. 
So, right, okay, that's enough. You're not getting any more compliments. No, no, that, that's, that's right, what you said. You I think that's, yeah. that's key. Come on, because I was going to say, like, what was... Like, we all, before joining and starting something new, we all kind of have these doubts in our heads, don't we? Mm-hmm. Like you said, before starting the programme. And uh, what was your doubts in your head before starting the programme, would you say? That it wouldn't work. Mm. That, um, you know, I've, I've, I've always, my whole life, been very, very... Um, weight conscious I've always been a big girl um you know ne- never sort of been brought up in a family we had lots of puddings and um, you know healthy lifestyle you know and what have you it, it was very very different when I was growing up um to, to how to how my life sort of is now and how we we live our life as a family and it's education isn't it mm. and just thinking I wouldn't be able to do it because it would just be the next thing in my life that I was a failure at, that my mm. diabetes wouldn't allow me to do. And that's mm. probably where, where I was at, which mm. is probably why I didn't actually think, what can I achieve from this? What do I want to get from it? Because yeah. I actually probably deep down inside didn't think it was going to work, mm. in all honesty, um, because that's past history, you know, setting yourself up to fail, and where my where I've always felt my diabetes has controlled me as a person rather than it being a part of who I am. It was always the, the forefront, you know, beyond being a mum, a wife, you know, working, a friend, this, that, the other. It was diabetes first because mm. it never allowed me to be anything more mm. because it just ruled my life yeah. for so many years so well 30 30 odd years it just ruled ruled my life um it it just did even to the point where I had to leave my sister-in-law's wedding because I was ill you know certain things in your life that you you want to have good brilliant memories of it always reared its ugly head um and never you know and that's how I used to talk of it that it was this thing that possessed me and you know wouldn't allow me to sort of fully be happy because it would just come up and, and cause trouble. And, so and like that, that, waiting. So you yeah. was waiting for something to happen in a sense. And it's yes. funny, it's that correlation between um, like what we're telling ourselves, our past experiences, then what we're acting out, isn't it, as well? And it's just like that from a, a young age, like you said, you've had these things yeah. ingrained and stuff and all these experiences. So coming into the programme, I can imagine how you would have thought, probably like a lot of type ones is, yeah, Nah, all right, I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but whatever. And like you said, obviously, us knowing each other and you was having the good conversations is that's why I always get on the phone with people before they join the programme because I'm like, hey, do we actually get on as people? Which yeah. obviously was for you. And then the rest come from along that. So like, where are you at? We know where you're at with numbers. That's all great. But like I said, where would you say you're at now mentally with your outlook on diabetes and life and stuff like that from where you was? God, honest to God, where do you start? I am the happiest I have ever, ever truly been in my life. And I don't mean happy as in money or uh, possessions or anything Mm. like that. I mean, true, true happiness that comes from within me as a Mm. person. Um, And I'm I'm very, very close to my mother-in-law. I've got a very, very close relationship with her. And she even said to me a few months ago, Jenny, I can see it in your face. I can see it when you smile that you are just happy. And she said, it's the most amazing thing to see is that you've you've turned into, you know, not not changed so much as a person, but 
mm. who I am about me. You know, I, I was quite angry towards life and angry towards very close people around me. Um, you know, and some relationships had broke down in the past. Um, you know, one very, very close one to me that wasn't just down to diabetes, but mm. I can honestly say it probably did play a part of it. Mm. Um, whereas now, I don't know, I'm much more happy-go-lucky. I am more confident in myself. I I have, I don't want to even sort of really touch on weight because I, I, I really don't believe weight is... A, a chunk of my journey but mm. yes I've lost you know um I think 11 kilograms which is yeah. absolutely amazing <laughs> it's amazing but for me that's sort of a byproduct of the health it's you know it, it's not just a, what that's not just what I'm about I, yeah. I don't want to be skinny I don't want mm. to be you know five stone lighter than what I am I, it's more about being healthy and mm. you know um having a healthy lifestyle that's more, I suppose, where I'm coming from now. You yeah. know, so you got me starting on workouts, um, which, God, I never even thought I would be able to do them. Do you remember um, your first push-up? God, when you yeah. did your first push-up? Yeah. <laughs> love you it. Know, There's you little know, things like that along the way, isn't it? Like, Yeah, you know, and it just... I, I suppose you don't really see the, the transformation of your body yourself because you're just mm. living in it every day. And, you know, like you say, you, every day is, you're getting up sorting out your blood glucose, your decisions you've got to make, life. But, you know, it, it and it did take me a while, you know, because I suppose we all, none of us look in the mirror, do do we? Well, I certainly don't, and go, oh, yeah, you look good. I always mm. go, no, you look fat, you look this, you look that, you're the other. And actually, do you know what? The programme, as much as it's, you know, completely and utterly changed my diabetes, I'd say the, the most the mo the biggest thing it's changed for me is my self acceptance of me mm. of who i am and do you know what it's actually okay to be me it's mm. not a bad thing whereas i've always thought that you know we see it all the time i'm a bad diabetic i can't do this i can't do that well actually do you know what I am not a bad diabetic. There's no such thing in this world as a bad diabetic. Mm. There is only, you know, people living out there with this condition that we all know how tough it is at times, that there's people, if I can reach one person sat listening to this in their bedroom or in their lounge with their family or, you know, anywhere in the in the world who is feeling down and shit and they cannot do this you goddamn can you absolutely can because i'm living proof and if i can do it then anybody can do it and i really mean that from the bottom of my heart i've never achieved greatness in my life until now and now I am just so happy. I am walking lots and I am wearing clothes that I would never have dreamt of wearing. And you know that because I wore shorts <laughs> when we went out for our walk. I know the other day. I loved it. It's when you told me, it was like, you know what? I've never worn shorts like this out in public for years. I yeah. was like, oh my God, that's mega. And what you're... This is why I was looking forward to chatting to you so much because just what you're saying is super powerful. 
to obviously us and to others and stuff like that as well. And it's just the incredible transformation that I've seen from you. It's amazing. So we know obviously where you was at, where you are now in terms of numbers, obviously the weight that you've lost, fitness, mentality, like what would you say was the best thing about the program if you could just pick one thing? Oh my Lord. Um, <laughs> oh God. It, I don't actually think I could pinpoint one specific thing because there is so many parts to it. So the the knowledge and the steps that you get drip fed to you um, from you through the, the, the course that, that you get is just at the right time. You just give enough information for you to go away and process that, work on some numbers. If they don't work, you know, um, then we, you, we have weekly Zoom meetings every Wednesday where everybody on that Zoom is living with this type one condition. And to, to relate to other people that are going, do you know what? I had this from a tea last night and it spiked my sugars up to 17 and then they went crashing down and just being relatable to us all knowing how that feels. Mm. And we've all been there and we may well be there again at some point because it is a constant learning journey, isn't it? Of, mm. of you know, life and things you're trying, but just the way that you drip feed the right amount of information each week on the course through to the weekly Zoom sessions, through to the Facebook group that, I mean, when I first started, I was extremely quiet. I don't think I posted or commented (laughs) at all in that group. Again, that was me being underconfident and um, maybe what I was thinking or saying wasn't the right thing and I didn't want people to think I was wrong or, you know, that, that again came down to me. Until by the time they finished the programme, I don't think anybody could shut me up. You was helping other people. You was helping Ooh. coach other people by the end. Wow, oh, I, I was it. fucking loving it. Love <laughs> it. And then awesome. also, I think another huge part is, is the link to the type one community. So I think, you know, I do, I know a couple of other um, type ones um, through like having um, my, my children and, you know, through sort of, Um, high school and stuff Um, they know who they are Um, but never you know and I'm not overly sort of close to either of them Mm. so that day-to-day living of you know having highs and lows the mood swings the decisions you have to make the pre-planning if you want to do you know a gym session or a walk or you know what high fat food you want to eat and how much protein's in it and what carbs are in it and you know, should you be going low carb? Should you be going high carb? Should, you know, mm. those questions that every single minute of every single day, we are constantly assessing as we go along, which, you know, we all know that. But to know that you're not on your own in those decisions and, and feeling that way, for me, was super, super, super empowering in that, you know, there's thousands of people living with this condition Whereas before the programme, it was me against the world. And mm. that's how it felt. I was I was on my own. Nobody understood it. I don't even think I really understood it myself. But to now understanding, you know, really, really understanding, not pretending to understand, but mm. actually really, truly understanding my condition and 
is is just the most empowering feeling I think you could ever give a type one diabetic is to be in control. And that's probably what I'm trying to get across maybe is mm. actually I'm now in control. I will tell diabetes what diabetes is allowed to do that day. I mm. will not let diabetes tell me what it is going to do. And when it tries to tell me what it's going to do, I will go, no fucking way. You're Love not. That. You're not having it. That. It is. Yeah. And that's how I feel. I am in control of my eating, my exercising, you know, not making excuses for not being able to do something. Mm. And you're saying that I know you're going to laugh when I say this. You're saying that will stick with me for the rest of my life <laughs> is get out of your own fucking way because yeah. that is the person that is stopping you achieving these things, um, you know, with with the knowledge and the amazing program that your program is, Tom. And truly, just truly. That's huge. Like, thank you. So what would you say to anyone considering joining the program? I would say you, if you are in a place where you are ready to put some serious hard work in to listen and to take on board everything that they will learn through your training videos and your Zooms and your uh, workshops and the support that you, you give and other diabetics. If you're ready to make that change, then bloody hell, get ready for the biggest ride of your life because pick up the bloody phone and just get in touch with Tom. It is literally the the best thing you will ever do in your life. And it is life-changing. And I know I'm smiling sat here because I know of <laughs> so many other people who've done your programme and are achieving, you know, the amazing results I now am. Um, and it's just the best thing ever. And I... You've, you've just got to take a leap of faith and go with it. And do you know what? In 12 weeks' time, God, I'd love to see those results. <laughs> I love that. Thanks, Jen. So is there anything that you'd like to add and say to any type one out there? If you could give them one bit of advice or anything that's on your mind, anything you want to say before we close out? I would probably just love to say that um, if you are listening to this and you think you aren't good enough and why did you get this condition and you've had enough and you don't want to do it anymore and everything you've tried hasn't worked and you don't understand what you're doing and you don't know anybody else that understands what they're doing, reach out to somebody, reach out to Tom he is type one himself. He gets it. He so gets it. It is unbelievable. He is so relatable and the nicest guy you will ever meet who will build your confidence, give you the knowledge and the power to live life as everybody should be living life. And I will never, ever be able to say ever how grateful and thankful I am to you for literally changing my life. And if you can do that for me, then I, God, I know you can do it for so many other tight ones out there. 
please, 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 you are not on your own. We are all here to support each other. Um, please don't think you're alone because you're not. This community out there and this guy is ready and willing to help. So um, for anybody just who's ready to make that change or wants to make that change and needs some support and some um, knowledge, get in touch with Type 1 Tom. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. I absolutely love that. Like, told you that like this was going to be a mega chat and I appreciate you coming on. So is there anything that you'd like to add or say before we close out? You feel like you've got <laughs> enough over and... Yeah. I, I probably will. As soon as I come off, I'll probably think, shit, why didn't I say that? We can um, always do another one. We'll always do around two as well if you ever want to. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, actually, thinking I didn't think I would. But, it, you know, just Good. like you say, the thought of helping somebody like you've helped me um, is absolutely just unbelievable. And that is my pay it forward to try and help somebody else Um Reach out to me, reach out to Tom. Um, you know, we're all here to support each other um, and live this, live with this condition, but live the best life we possibly can. It's not all about numbers. It's mm. not. If your graph is a bit shit, then so are ours some days. It, there's, no, there's no good and bad diabetic. It's the positive mental attitude towards the condition that will enable you and empower you to live your life. So if there's anybody listening, please, I'm doing it, you can too. And a big shout that. out to all my uh, dia buddies out there. Far, far <laughs> too many to mention, but I love you all. You're amazing. And we have got this. <laughs> Mega. Thank you, Jen. Thanks so much for agreeing to come on. I really do appreciate that. Guys Thank listening you. to this, I told you, obviously, you guys could know why I listened now that I wanted to get you on the podcast. You're super inspirational, motivational. And like, like I say, if you take one thing from this, just knowing that where Jen's come from to where she's at now, like, just take that and fucking run with it because Jen, you are super empowering and empowering and what you've said is super powerful. So, guys, I will say, if you do want to get in touch with me in regards to, like, getting my help, then just drop me an email um or you can dm me uh, the links are going to be in the show notes just dm me or drop me an email saying bg and we'll reach out and we'll have a chat but guys i do want to say thank you very very much for listening to this i know that jen would have inspired and empowered some of you guys out there to you know start paying more attention to your blood glucose to your life to your health and yeah it's just been super super powerful episode so guys thank you very very much for listening jen Thank you for agreeing to come on. I know that you've loved it now. Big smile on your face there. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye.